We're going to preach the Word this morning. Thank you guys for reminding me what we're doing. If you'd like to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Maybe you guys remember this book right here. Thanks. I was, that was going to be a lot later in the service that I was asking you to do that. But we'll just set them there now. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just stand in front of them. Thank you guys. I appreciate your help. I'm getting too old to carry chairs. So I asked the teens to help me and Connor. So Maybe some of you recognize this book here. Back at the beginning of the year, around the 1st of January, we talked about spending some of our time as we looked ahead in 2019, spending some of our time in partnership with another Christian, like men with men or women with women, another two sisters together, two brothers together, just getting closer to Christ because that's, that's our mission here at Gateway. Our mission at Gateway is to grow closer to Christ and encourage others to grow closer to Christ. So we had a bunch of these books. I mean, we had over a hundred of them and you guys took them all. And, and the challenge was take two of these books and then find a friend, find a person to go through this 10-week meeting with. And I know that a bunch of you have done that. A bunch of you have met together with uh, another partner and you've gone through. And in fact, uh, I've just finished up a time that I did with a brother in Christ. And I'm praying about asking another person to go through this with me. So, I'm bringing this up just in case anybody possibly took two books home and they're still in your truck. And you just didn't quite ever ask the person, like, hey, let's do this together. Or maybe there's some of you here today and you weren't here on January 1st or the first part of January. And so I have a few books over here right next to Troy on the, uh, on the front pew there. And if you're interested in doing this, I really want to encourage you. This is a great way to grow, is to not only come on Sundays and just get a little bit of the Word, but to dig into the Bible with another person, to ask questions, to try to wrestle with, what is God saying here? So, I'm encouraging you to uh, move forward with that, and, and you can pick those up over here. Imagination. Imagination is an amazing thing. It's amazing. It's not just for kids. It's not just something that we tell kids, oh, you should, you should spend some time playing, imagine, you know, imaginary friend, imagine uh, things in the future. It's actually a gift that God gave us. And if you think about it, most everything that you've accomplished in your entire life, most places that you have gone to in your life, most experiences that you've had in your life, they all started with your imagination. You imagine taking the family to Disneyland before you went to Disneyland. You imagine getting that degree before you worked hard to get that degree. You imagined asking that girl out on a date, having no idea it would lead to 50 years of marriage. Most of our life started with imagination. I want to invite you this morning to use your imagination. I want you to start. 
by imagining that you spent a week with Jesus, physically, that Jesus had a second incarnation, that he came back to earth in a physical body, and he said to you, hey, let's spend some time together this week. Let's hang out together this week. Call your boss and tell him a little something came up. And I just want you to hang out with me this week. I wonder what you imagine. Where do you imagine that the two of you would go? And who do you imagine that the two of you would spend time with? And what do you imagine that the two of you would do during that one week? Would you imagine that you would be maybe feeding hungry people at a soup kitchen? Or do you more imagine that probably you and Jesus would go to a fine dining establishment and have a great meal that cost a couple hundred bucks? Do you imagine that, that you would spend time that week digging a well, perhaps, for a third world country where they don't have water in their village? Or do you imagine more that you would be hanging out with Jesus at the poolside, enjoying a, a big, huge swimming pool full of water? What do you imagine the two of you might do? Do you imagine that the two of you might volunteer at Christian services right here in our building, putting together boxes of food to hand out to hungry people? Or do you imagine more that you would use your hands to be carrying bags from the shopping mall? Do you imagine that if you spent the week with Jesus that you would probably visit someone at prison? Have a conversation to encourage a prisoner? Or do you see more likely that you and Jesus would hang out at a country club an hour before the tea time and then for dinner after you finished your 18 holes of golf? Do you imagine during that week that you would spend time visiting someone at the hospital? That's a picture of Drake for any fans out in the audience who went to visit a little girl who was having heart surgery. Do you imagine you would be going to visit someone in the hospital? Or do you more imagine that you'd be spending the time with Jesus at a health club getting in better shape? Now, this is definitely not a lesson to make anybody feel guilty about doing any of the things that I put up there, about enjoying our life. It's not, a, it's not a message to try to say something like that. God's given us all these gifts, and he, he says in the Bible that He gave these gifts for us to enjoy. And Jesus seemed to have the ability to do both extremes, to enjoy life and yet be at the right place at the right moment with the right people. And I think probably we imagine Jesus being interested in helping the less fortunate. When we think about spending a week with Jesus, we think about being with Him and other people who are vulnerable, with people who are weak. And we imagine that with good reason because Matthew 25 points us in that direction. And we're going to read that together this morning. Matthew 25. Before we do, I'm going to pray. And each week here, we pray for another congregation of believers, all different believers that meet all over this, this village. And today, I'm really honored that we're going to pray for the Mountain View Church of Christ. 
We're going to pray that God blesses what they're doing there. And also, we pray for a different, uh, just, a, just a different thing for us to think about every single week. And today I want us to be thankful for the assurance of our salvation. Would you join me in prayer? Lord God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time to be together with our Christian family. Grateful for the people who are here today, God. And as Troy said, I pray for those that it's a hard day for them. I lift up those who who maybe have lost their mom or lost a spouse that they love who was a great mom. I pray for those who perhaps didn't have the mom that many of us enjoyed and, and they have some difficult memories today. Pray for those who've wanted to be moms and have not been able to be. Others that I might not be thinking of, Lord, we lift up those that their hearts might be struggling today and we ask for your presence and your spirit to comfort we thank you god we thank you for this day to celebrate mothers lord we want to thank you for every believer in this village at every single congregation and today we just want to lift up the mountain view church of christ we're thankful for our brothers and sisters there we pray that you would bless their efforts god we pray that their, that their congregation would explode with growth. We pray that they would always know uh, that we are never in competition with them and that we bless their efforts. We pray, God, that the person who preaches there today, that that person would clearly present the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, and that you would draw people to salvation by that clear and simple presentation. Lord, we also want to thank you today for the work that Jesus did on the cross. And even though our hearts condemn us sometimes, God, because of our own actions, because of our sin, because of our mistakes, because of our struggles, you are greater than our hearts. And our confidence is not in ourself. Our confidence today is not in our understanding of correct doctrine and Scripture. Our assurance is not in our behavior, in our attendance at church or at other gatherings of believers. Our assurance is in one thing only, God. And that's in the work that Jesus did for us to pay for our sins. And our hope is in only one thing, and that's in His resurrection, that we might follow Him in likeness, that we might be raised someday and be there to see you face to face. We believe these things, we trust you, we love you, and we pray them all through the name of Jesus Christ our Savior. And everyone said, Amen. You can open your Bibles if you would like to Matthew 25 or open up your phones or your iPad or whatever you happen to read off of. And I'm not going to put all the verses up here, but I assure you that I'm reading from God's Word from Matthew 25. We're going to start in verse 31 and we'll read down through verse 46. It's a lengthy reading 
And it's a sobering scene, one of the most sobering scenes in the Bible. Listen close. These are the words of Jesus. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty, give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger, invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, listen close, listen to these words, whatever you did... For the least of these, brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And then he's going to say to those on his left, and by the way, this is no indication of those sitting on the left over here, okay? This doesn't say east side is more holy than west side, all right? Just, you just, it's just bad luck that you happen to sit there today. Then he's going to say to those on his left, Depart from me. You who are cursed. Into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And they will also answer, Lord, when? When did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger, needing clothes, sick, in prison, and did not help you? And he will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Jesus points us toward action in this text. Whatever you did we're taking six weeks spread throughout the calendar year. I decided, as I told you at the beginning of the year, not to do this in six consecutive weeks because I'm trying to give you the opportunity to practice, to do these things throughout the year. And so this is the third presentation that we've made of Matthew 25. We're thinking about these questions. What can we or what can i do for hungry people what can we do for thirsty people what can we do for naked people what can we do for the imprisoned what can we do for the sick what can we do for those who are alone and it's hard i believe it's difficult to decide what we can or what we should do when we do something for people are we helping them or are we enabling them these are difficult real questions if we help this person 
there's just going to be another one tomorrow. It's going to go on forever. I might imagine in my mind all the hunger being ended in the world. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine all the hunger in the world being gone? I would love it if everyone had a full stomach when they went to bed tonight. But I can't do for everyone. I can't do that for everyone in the world. But I got three pieces of good news if you share my frustration with that. The first one is God doesn't expect you to do that for everyone in the world. The second one is this. You can do for one what you would love to happen for everyone. And the third encouraging thing is there is a place where this will be reality. Can you imagine that place? Can you imagine that time when these things Jesus described will be reality? Today, I want us to focus on those who are strangers or those who are alone. Who is that? When Jesus says, I was a stranger or I was alone and you, you invited me in or you didn't invite me in, who is he talk? Who would that be in our life today? Who would those least be? Well, it could be the new people who move into your, to our community that you meet in the grocery store that move across the street from you. It could be the difficult decision, quite honestly, that a lot of us are going to be facing here in New Mexico and probably those of you that live in Texas or Arizona. A lot of us are going to be facing a difficult decision soon. As people come from Mexico and they come across the border and they ask for your help. What will we do? It could be the widow or widower who has no one to be with, who is literally alone. What will we do? It could be perhaps the mentally ill who are avoided by everybody around them. What will we do? To different degrees, each of these is difficult to decide. What will we do? How will we do unto the least of these? But today, I can't imagine anyone who's more alone or more vulnerable than a baby that is being formed in its mother's womb. Completely alone. What a terrifying experience this must be for babies that are torn from that womb by being aborted. Now I want to give a disclaimer before we talk briefly about this. And here's the disclaimer. God forgives every person who has had an abortion. God loves every person who has had an abortion. There is no sin that is too awful for God. Not one single one. There's no mistake that is bigger than God's grace. And if you made this decision in your past, please hear me clearly. God loves you. Jesus died for you. He offers you His forgiveness. You are not a second-rate citizen of the kingdom of God, and you are not second-rate at Gateway. 
You're right beside us, shoulder to shoulder. All of us come equally as depraved sinners in desperate need of God's mercy. Every single person here. We're not here today to heap guilt about our past. But instead, we're here to do this. We're here to imagine how can we help the least of these in the future? Not the past. In the future, how can we that are here today help those who are the least of these? I want to join everyone else that has already said it and say thank you to every mom who's here. Every mom who chose to go through nine months of carrying a baby and then went through the pain of what they call labor. I was there in the room a couple of times. They call it that for a good reason. Thank you for bringing that life into the world. I'm grateful for my own mom. You guys might be surprised. I mean, I'm just a regular size guy. I'm not a I'm not a tiny guy, okay, but I'm also not, I'm not a very big guy. But when I was born, my mom, who was just around 100 pounds at the time and 20 years old, 100 pounds, gave birth to me, 9 pounds and 16 ounces. <laughs> I've barely grown since then. I mean, <laughs> I was born almost life-size, full-size. I can't believe it. I can't believe she did it. And I'm so grateful. I mean it. I'm thankful to my mom. I love her so much. You know, God is compared to a mom. Did you know he compared himself in his Bible to a mom twice? Did you know that? Once in the Old Testament, he says, can a mother forget the baby at her breast? Even if she could, I will not forget you. I have, he says, marked or tattooed your name on my hand. And the second place is when Jesus says, Jesus says, I've, I've longed to gather you together. And then he compares himself like, 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 a, like a hen gathering her chicks. You mothers, this labor you went through, this love that you have labored in and that you continue to labor in over your children is a reflection of our God. Thank you. This is a real issue in our country, in the United States, and it's happening all around us. This issue of abortion and this issue of the least of these, these babies. In all the wars that have happened in the United States of America, all of the history of the United States of America, three million Americans have lost their lives. Three million. That's a lot. But I want you to hear, I want you to hear something that compares, um, compares that. And I, I won't give any more introduction. I'll just let this man who gave this talk, uh, I'll, let him, I'll let him explain for you. And I wanna, I'm about to, in a moment, introduce Elizabeth John. She's going to come and we're going to talk. She's the one who uh, shared this video, or this, yeah, video and audio with our uh, elders and uh, our staff uh, several months ago, maybe over a year ago, and it's had a big impact on my life.
right where you are, I just want you to, right there in your seats, just shut your eyes. What you're about to hear are the sounds of metal BBs striking the side of a tin can. For every BB that strikes, it represents 10,000 lives lost in the wars of America's past. 10,000 lives for every BB. This is the reality of what is occurring in your country. The American Revolution. The Civil War. World War One. World War Two. The Korean Conflict. The Conflict in Vietnam. September 11th and the War on Terror. Since 1973, the War of the Unborn Child. more than sobering it's overwhelming to hear fifty five million babies have died since nineteen seventy three fifty five million I imagine a world where that procedure no longer happens to the least of these but I can't create that kind of world for everyone. However, I can do, I can do something for one that I wish were true for everyone. I can support ministries that help women make the choice to keep their baby. Amen? Gateway just this year in 2019, your elders decided to begin supporting such a ministry that's right here in our village. And that is the uh, Lifeway Pregnancy Center. We are supporting them with $200 a month from our budgeted money. And uh, that's, that's good. That's, that's a start. And I hope some of you will decide to join in into that support. But I'd like to have uh, you... Gateway, please give a big welcome to the director of Lifeway, Elizabeth Johns. Come on, Elizabeth. Let me let you sit right here. 
Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Glad you're here. Thank oh, you. we better move this out of the way. <clears throat> well, uh, this is Elizabeth Johns, and uh, I wanted her to come and share. Uh, just we've become friends, and I'm really thankful that you have uh, done what you have done and are doing in our community. And so I just want to start by asking you, could you tell us about what, what does LifeWay Pregnancy Center do? Yes, yes. Um, LifeWay Pregnancy Resource Center, is this working? I don't know if it is. Uh, is it on? You have it on? Yep, it's on. Yeah. Now it's working. Anyway, I, I don't know. I, I got a big mouth. No, I think we're going to need we're going to need some it must not be working for some reason. There's something that's not working. So, we'll use this one right here, Jay. All right. Um, thank you. My name's Elizabeth Johns. I'm the president and founder of Lifeway of Lincoln County, which is a pregnancy resource center. Sometimes they're called pregnancy help centers, and what we do is we give um, pregnancy tests. Um, to the women that come in very often. They can go to the store and buy a pregnancy test, but they really like that confirmation to come in and also have somebody with them to confirm most often that yes, you know, you are, you are pregnant and, and it's a baby. Um, we do um, adoption referrals and we also do um, parenting classes. And the parenting classes are really neat because you get to sit down one-to-one -one over extended periods of time and really get to know um, the, the mother. And very often, the father, too, will come along to those classes. And we can mentor them. Um, we can take that time to you know, let sort of change their minds where the world says, you know, well, you, you, you can't keep this baby. You know, you don't even have a job, or you have no education, or be a parent? Are you kidding me? You know, you can't even, you know, take care of yourself. How are you going to be a parent? And Lifeway, what we do is we come alongside them, and we show them, yes, you can, and this is how we can help you do this. Um, and what Lifeway does, talking about doing, what Lifeway does is it finds somebody in trouble, and it becomes the friend that they need. And we help them walk a very difficult road and make a choice for life. And, and talking about imagination, my poor husband back there didn't imagine yesterday at 5.30 in the afternoon that we would receive a phone call that we'd been waiting all week long to receive. And it was from, uh, we, we had received uh, information from our associates up in Albuquerque at an abortion clinic up there. It's a, sideway prof, a sidewalk profits group. And that there was a, a woman that they had counseled and she was getting ready to go in um, and have an abortion. And they found out about this woman that she lived here in Rio Doso, that this precious young woman also has cancer and has a, a several other children also. And they were able to help, through the grace of God, change her mind because it was only with, with that power of the Holy Spirit that they could change her mind. 
And we waited all week long. We were very, very nervous. Never heard from her, never heard from her. Well, we got the call at 5.30, and we found out that they had nowhere to stay for the next three nights coming up. And so we jumped in the vehicle, and we uh, found a hotel for them, a motel for them, for the whole family, and went and we got them some food. And you know, we basically just went and meet, met their needs. And that's what Lifeway does. We step out. Whatever it takes, is, is it First Corinthians, I think, talks about whatever it takes, that's what we come along and, and we do um, for these folks here. And um, we also have um, abortion bereavement. We also offer that as, as a service, abortion bereavement, peer counseling. And Renee is here. Renee, would you stand up over here in the corner? Renee right. Crenn offers the program Forgiven and Set Free. Mm. And um, if you want to sign up or, or talk to us, we've got a sign-up sheet out here. If we can, you know, if, if you'd like us to contact you in any way um, for for any uh, any reason. Um, so that's really kind of what we do, whatever it takes. And we're here today too, talking to you through Matthew 25 to introduce you to Lifeway and perhaps put some ideas in your head as to you know, how you can come along and help us too. That's right. And before we do that, you're a mom. Happy Mother's Day Yes, to you. I'm a mom. I'm and a mom. And you have a story that connects in some ways to what you're doing here. I do. I do. Um, I have a um, one, one child. I had one child, and thank God I did. I was 17, a senior in high school, a, a, a common story, uh, maybe unfortunately. But um, I had this boy, and... All along through that whole journey, and this was um, 49 years ago, almost 50 years ago, I, I had this, this boy. And through the whole journey, and I didn't really realize it then, but God was holding me. And he was taking me, and when I needed um, a place to live, he provided housing for us. When I needed a, an automobile, I was able, I was able to get into school um, because we really emphasize that with, with the young people that come, that you've got to have a skill. It takes a job skill to be able to support yourself and, and your child. So we're real big on education, real big on getting a, a job skill. And, and believe it or not, I was a, an accountant. I became an accountant, which is really hard to sit up here and be an accountant and, <laughs> and talk to you. But that's what I've done for trade for 35 years. But so he helped me get an education. Who would have thought I would have been able to do that? Um, uh, I needed an automobile. I was in my senior year, and I needed an automobile to be able to get back and forth and finish my senior year. So I went to the university and the financial assistants, and I s asked them, I said, I really need a car. And they said, oh, sweetheart, you know, we understand, but, you know, we don't do car loans. And I would said to them, but... I have my child and I need to be able to get through school, you know, and be able to support him. How am I going to do that? And I don't know what they wrote on that piece of paper, but by golly, I was able to get myself a nice black uh, sh uh, Chevy Vega with a red vinyl interior, and I was <laughs> able to get the transportation that I needed. And that was God. That was God all my life. That was God holding me and helping me. And he put me in a position about five years ago, um, whereby the thought came to me that I need to be able to give back because God says in 2 Corinthians, first chapter, right. that I give to you so that you can give to others. 
Um, and I, I didn't know where I would uh, be able to help others in my position. I'd done some work down in Las Cruces with Turning Point down there. And I found, or God showed me, this building next door to First Baptist Church across from Cree Meadow Country Club. And this building was really, it was not uh, completed inside at all. There were no walls. It was very dirty. And when somebody had mentioned to me that that building is empty, the Lord told me, there's your center, and you're going to go, and you're going to get that building in good, good condition, and you're going to open a center and, and get that started for this community. Um, Lifeway is a nonprofit, 501c3. We're not connected with any church. It's for the community that this was built. And it took me about four years to be able to you know, do the inside of the structure. Originally, this was meant to be a... Um, a community center for uh, this area that was going to be a subdivision. First Baptist Church bought the property, and they had just used it for storage for, for all of those years. Um, and so through those four years, we put up walls, we painted walls, we had some folks in the community that helped us. And I would really invite you to come and see it. It's really a beautiful facility. And we wanted it to be beautiful because we want the women that come there to know that they too are beautiful um, and inside. And they deserve all of the help that we can possibly give them. Um, it's located, again, right across from Cree Meadow Country Club. Um, it has Lifeway on, on the building there. We have a website. It's Life, and Lifeway has a hyphen in it. It's life-way.org. Um, you can look us up um, online there. And we've got brochures in the back here. Um, and yeah. Information. What's your son's name? Jonathan. That's a good name. Jonathan, it is a good name. And he's the only boy I had, and I've got four grandchildren, 16 to 25. Oh, and so great. on a day like today, all I can think of that if not for that decision, and I tell the young women that come and they sit there, and I tell them, you know, no one that's ever given a decision for life has ever regretted it, where if you go and you know you, you, you have an abortion, there's so much regret, so much sorrow, even though, you know, yes, God forgives, you know, he's a holy and mighty God, but you, you won't have those regrets. And yeah, amen, it's, that's it's, right. It's been a good story, and I'm so blessed, so Elizabeth, blessed, and that's why I give. Elizabeth wouldn't want me probably to tell you this, and I didn't tell her I was going to say this, the community is supporting this ministry now, beginning to support it, and we're going to talk about that. But uh, she and, and her husband have poured their life savings into this. This is not a woman who's just sitting up here who this is her career or her job, and she just happens well, She's to an be... accountant, remember? Yeah, that's right. She's, she's an, an accountant. accountant. <laughs> but this is a woman who has put her... Uh, checkbook where her mouth and her heart are and so that's that's why i respect what so much what she's done here and i i really we were talking here today about jesus said whatever you did for the least of these not what you believed not what you thought would be a good idea not what your pockets full of intentions no, step out of the boat that's right step out of the boat whatever you Action. did for the least of these you did for me so we want to finish today by you telling us, all of us out here, God brought you, whoever you are here today, God brought you here today. What can these people do 
for the least of these? Yes, well, um, just as of yesterday, we're now going to need um, a mentor. What we have is we have a mentor training program because everybody that comes, every woman that comes into the center, we don't just give her a pregnancy test and say, we're going to pray for you and hope everything is, is well with you. But what we do is we follow them along, you know, if it takes every day to, to, to follow up with them. Um, to meet whatever needs they might have, if it's financial needs. We have a learn to earn program where they can get baby things, you know, whatever their needs are. Well, we need these mentors, mentors that will come and be trained. We have a training program. Um, it's through Heartbeat International called the Love Approach and also through preborn.org, um, the invitation training where we do ministry um, uh, uh, for the gospel. So and people so, here in this room could volunteer to be a mentor. Yes, yes, yes. We very, okay. very much need mentors. And then those mentors, too, um, we need people to, to help share office hours. We're open Tuesday through Fridays, um, you know, all the time from 1 to 5 in the afternoon. Those are our, our, our hours that we have. So we need some help, somebody. But they need to be trained as a mentor so if someone walks in, they know how to meet that person's needs. Great. Um, we've, um, we've got a real problem with killing weeds out in that parking lot out there. <laughs> and if you go see it, you'll see that there's a, a good bit of them that are dead out there with the Roundup on, on my, my backpack here. Um, but we need help just through killing weeds. Um, we could use um, a Spanish volunteer, somebody who's fluent in Spanish. So if we come in and if someone comes in and they're solely a Spanish speaker, well, of course, we'd love to have that person trained as a mentor, too, so we could, uh, they could mentor that person. But even if we have some communication issues, you know, that would be great. Um, with fatherhood mentoring, this this young woman who now that we've thank God made contact with, um, she has a spouse. The spouse, you know, isn't working right now. We need help to be able to help bring him along and give them um, some support. We deal with um, helping pull people out of what we call generational poverty, where you know you make just enough money to just meet your needs and you spend everything that you have, so you're always living on the edge. And we try to help them come along. Um, uh, with that, uh, we need the somebody that maybe could come and clean. You know, maybe once a week, every other week, they could come in and, and clean the facility. You know, so okay. we've got Great. that need there. So there's just like a whole bunch you could do. Somebody, it might be a grant writer or something, help us going out to to get funding. We're only thirty percent covered right now in our funding. So we we need. Let me let me put the things we talked about here. First of yes. all, we talked about prayer. Prayer. Oh, yes, we need prayer. Well, prayer brought this young lady to us. It un okay. Undoubtedly, it brought her to us. So can everybody in here do that? Is it okay if everybody helps? Yes, that would be grand. Okay. <laughs> so that would be a start. What can we do for the least of these? Uh, then we talked about financially we could contribute. And so yes. talk to us just briefly yes. about yes. how much you need per month and how much you have. Right, right. We need um, between four and $5,000 a month. And we have about 20, 30 percent of that coming in right now. Um, we actually have an ultrasound machine. I almost forgot to tell you about that. And it was um, contributed to us by doctors um, Stephen and Carrie Rath. Uh, Carrie Rath is our medical director. She's an OBGYN here um, in town. But 
what we'd been praying and praying for, in fact, talking about other churches, Trinity had a prayer vigil um, April 14th at the center. We were praying so hard that we would be able to find um, a nurse who could take the training program that cost $5,000 to go to class and clinicals, but then she would be um, qualified um, to operate the ultrasound machine that we already have. Well, God brought not only one nurse, but possibly two nurses so that we could have a backup so that no one will ever walk through those doors and we won't be able to uh, cover them um, for an ultrasound. So that's something that we certainly need um, funding for. And it, co it cost $5,000 to train that nurse to, yes. to use the sonogram machine. And yes. do you, so you have that $5,000 already? No, sir. Okay, all right. <laughs> yes, no, so that's to. another thing that you can do for the least of these. If you would like to contribute financially, you could do that on a monthly basis with LifeWay, or you could do that today. You could see Elizabeth, this is a 501c3, uh, make a check out to yes, LifeWay. LifeWay. Okay. It's, it's All right. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing I had was, uh, yeah, a sonographer. I don't, right. I don't know if I a call it. A sonographer. Sonographer. Yeah, I don't, yes. See, I'm not a medical person. I'm a yes. sonographer volunteer as right. a substitute. Yes. So if there's someone who knows how to do that or wants to be trained to do that, could be a volunteer right. as a substitute. Yes. Uh, also, we had landscaping. You that called it weeds, nice. but I called it landscaping. Yes. I thought maybe somebody here might want to you know, build some stuff up there, maybe put some flowers in, yes, whatever. there's some beautiful rocks there. there. you go. <laughs> there's some beautiful rocks right now. And then uh, a cleaning volunteer, you covered that, and mentor volunteers. And yeah, it's very I think important, the mentors. Spanish translator volunteer. These are all volunteer positions. They need volunteers. So, anything else that you want to share? Thank you so much for allowing us to be in this community and we really ask you to please come alongside and partner with us because this vision is for uh, our county. It's, it's for everybody and the need is so great. And please pray that God brings the women to us that takes the scales off of their eyes and, and brings them to us so that we have the opportunity to be able to help them. Amen. Would you guys Amen. give a big thanks to Elizabeth Johns? Thank you, Elizabeth. Let me just finish today by um, by reminding you, if you choose to get involved in this ministry, you'll be doing unto Jesus, unto Him, whatever you do for this ministry. And I hope that we at Gateway and those of you who are our guests today from other faith communities, other towns, that we will continue to be people who imagine a world where hungry people are full, where thirsty people are quenched, where bodies are clothed, where prisoners are visited, where sick are attended to, and where no one is a stranger or alone. And let's continue to be people who look forward to the reality of that. A place called heaven. Lord, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Today, that it's possible. There, there might be someone. I know, that we, I know that we've talked about a very sensitive subject. And I've tried to handle that, I hope, in a respectful way. There may be somebody who would like to pray with somebody 
And uh, we want to encourage you to find somebody today. Uh, we'll, we'll have a song right now. Uh, and you don't have to respond during the song. You can come find me or one of the elders. We'll get the singing group to come back up. You can find me or one of the elders or their wives, these, uh, these, these ladies that are up here leading worship today and, and other ladies here that are uh, some of our mature Christian ladies. You can find someone to pray with today if, if you have a need about some of the things that we've talked about today. If you, if you left here today and somebody asked you, what did you guys talk about today? I hope what you would say is, we talked about God's amazing grace that He can forgive anybody. It's amazing. Even me. He can even forgive me. Let's stand and let's worship that God.